I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is the Director of Community Engagement for the Grand in Wilmington, Pam Minocchio. Welcome, Pam. Hello. Thank you, Paul. And an upcoming performer in the Stages of Discovery series at the Baby Grand, Tahira. Welcome, Tahira. Oh, thank you, Paul. I'm so glad to be here. It's glad. I'm really glad to have you both back. I I, I love it when you're when you're on the show because you just have so many exciting things to share about the work that you do. Pam, I th- thought we'd get started today with the uh, Stages of Discovery series, which has quite mm-hmm. a rich history at the it, Grand, and uh, to hear a little bit about that for our listeners who aren't familiar with it. It does. Stages of Discovery is our school matinee program. Um, we are in now in the 11th season. We started back in 2007, and we are actually now presenting educational performances in all three venues. We have Copeland Hall at the Grand, the Playhouse on Rodney Square, and the Baby Grand series. So what we do is we're providing um, educational opportunities for students to experience the arts and for teachers to utilize the arts to help teach various subjects. So all of our shows have some kind of curriculum ties, whether they're teaching literature or history or science. And so many of our uh, shows also have character building lessons. So it's a really valuable experience for the students who are coming to, to see these performances. Now, what, what age range of students are targeted for these programs? Most of our performances are appropriate, or are they range from preschool through middle school. And um, sometimes we have some, some shows that uh, also serve the high school students, but our focus is on pre-K through grade 8. Now, the schools, so if it's preschool, I, do you have preschool centers uh, coming in as well as uh, uh, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. A lot of private centers and um, families are coming in as well. Moms and dads who are home with their kids are welcome to buy tickets and come enjoy a show as well. Now, how do you reach out to these uh, potential audiences? Well, all of the information is up on our website. So that is thegrandwilmington.org slash discovery. So um, we're inviting anybody who who comes to the grand to come discover the stages, you know, the stages shows, and and help their children discover the arts this way. Now I understand you provide some opportunities to help assist schools in bringing their student populations to the grand. Absolutely, we understand that uh, it can be difficult. Um, either financially or logistically for the schools and teachers to arrange these field trips. So we try to take away as many of those obstacles as we can. Our tickets are relatively um, inexpensive. It's $7 per person, and we have a discount program that helps Title I schools, uh, which gives them even even lower-priced tickets. Um, We have a transportation scholarship, so we can assist schools with busing uh, costs and give them grants of up to $500 per school. That helps them get there as well. And and then we offer some other services. We have study guides for almost all of the shows have a study guide that is up on the website that um, teachers can download and find resources to help them with what they're preparing in the classroom. And we also have education staff that can do classroom visits. So what they would do is um, talk to a teacher ahead of time and, and plan their visit. And then our, our staff will go in and teach theater etiquette, theater history, because there's such a rich history of both the, the venues, the Grand Opera House and the Playhouse on Rodney Square. And um, they'll also create a customized lesson plan so that they can help the teacher tie in what they're going to see in the show 
in with what uh, they're teaching in the classroom curriculum-wise. How about if we give a little shout-out to your corporate sponsorship for the transportation subsidies? Oh, absolutely. Capital One <laughs> is our funder for transportation scholarships. Um, the series sponsors are also DuPont Company and Delaware Division on the Arts. Um, and then our Title One discounts are supported by the Laffey McHugh Foundation. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of support for this program, making this possible. Which I yeah. think really speaks well to the grand and the quality of this program to be able to to attract that kind of uh, broad-based support uh, for this programming. Now, the curriculum that you provide, who develops that, and and how does that work with the teachers? When we go into the classrooms? Yes. Yeah, yeah um, that's one of our education consultants. Um, typically, Brianna Feinberg, who used to work um, in this role as education manager, but we oh. have some other um, arts consultants and teaching artists that we can go to. And uh, she, like I said, she'll talk with the teachers to find out what their goals are. So if it's a, a literature-based production like Henry and Mudge, she will read the story to the kids in the classroom and then tie it in with, you know, with what their what the teacher wants to learn. Wants arts integration at its finest, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Now I I noticed on your website you, you, the uh, you describe the stages of discovery program by stating that different students respond to different ways of learning. Um, What do you hear from the teachers who participate in this program about the value of this kind of experience for their students? We do a teacher survey following every performance. So when we um, get those responses back and read, uh, it's um, it's really touching and moving to hear some stories about uh, students that were never interested in this in the classroom, but once they saw a performance on stage, they're like, wow, you know, I, I, I'm starting to get excited about this now, and they'll go back to the classroom and ask more questions. Um, in the spring, we have a music program that's called the Science of Sound, and we'll have an electric violinist come in, and she will talk about music and everything from Bach to rock is part of her title, but she'll also help to explain the science of sound waves and use some visual cues up on up on a screen. And, and you know, so it kind of helps students not just hearing an explanation in a classroom, but seeing it and hearing it firsthand. So um, it, it's true. Students respond in, to so many different ways and so many different cues that this really opens up the possibilities for all of those little minds. And one of those, so it's a wide range of programming, all arts-based, but connected to so many different areas of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, Tahira, that arts That's integration. integration Let, let's turn yeah. to you, Tahira, and, and specifically, you're going to be appearing at the Baby Grand in January yes. uh, with a Songs of the Civil Rights program. Yes. And this, uh, it's interesting that, that uh, 2018 marks the 50th anniversary of of some really cataclysmic events in American history, the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the occupation of federal troops in in downtown Wilmington. So just really the 50th anniversary of a milestone, yeah, yeah, a pivotal period in American history. You're going to be at the Baby Grand, Songs of the Civil Rights. Let's hear a little bit about your work. You've been a okay. storyteller, a musician, and vocalist uh, in the area for a number of years, which I think also speaks to the variety of programming and stages of discovery. It's, yeah. it's, it's regional and national programs, but also local 
uh, artists as well. Let, let's hear a little bit about your work and then where this Songs of the Civil Rights fits into your scope of work. Absolutely. So yeah, I've been doing storytelling um, full-time or in storyteller and vocalist, musician, as you mentioned, full-time for about 20 plus years. This is the part when you tell me I look young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you started when you were seven. Right, I started yeah, when I was seven. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, and um, we were talking about art integration. One of the my missions is always to use my art form um, to teach, we mentioned uh, character building um, things, but also about make history come alive, you know, mm-hmm. make math come alive, mm-hmm. make language arts, um, allow them to demonstrate language arts skills in the, in the moment live, like call and response and making predictions predictions and being part of the story. Um, that's I think that's very important. And whether that is on the stage, which I love to perform, I also am a teaching artist and go into schools and I and I do things from pre K to high school. I even do a program that um, is it's called Ima- Reimagining Math, teaching algebra one to ninth graders through storytelling. <laughs> because arts can teach absolutely everything. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but absolutely everything. And as a as a uh, teaching artist and performer, you know my mission is to um, use my art form to also um, encourage and empower young people to think critically about things, about history, about their environment, about the choices, and choose wisely. And of course, believe fervently in their ability to succeed. And I think all the arts do that. But that's that's my focus in all the, the work that I do. And so let's turn to the Songs of the Civil uh-huh. Rights Program itself. Uh, and for our listeners, that's going to be, and Pam, correct me if I'm wrong, at the Baby Grand, uh, January 18th, mm-hmm. uh, with performances at 9.30 and 12 noon. That's correct. Correct? Perfect. So to hear, let's hear about this, uh, what, what you have in store for this program. So this is really special because it's primar- primarily songs. Usually I do stories primarily and sp- sort of spice it with a little songs. This is the reverse. We're doing mostly songs and sort of weaving them together with some some narration. And the focus is on the understanding, the students understanding that um, during this pivotal time, often a 30-minute, 60-minute, 90-minute speech may not change someone's mind or um, policy, discussion about policy may not change anyone's mind or heart, but that a song could. It um, often uh, fortified folks who were up against um, monumental odds. It was everyday people that change um, the laws in this country and that fought for justice and continues to fight for justice and equality. I mean, I often heard it say that, I mean, Dr. King was a, a great man, but that day when he was on um, doing this speech, I heard dream speech, he'd just been a regular Baptist preacher, whether not for the tens of thousands of everyday folk that showed up. And those who um, followed him and were in the street and protesting and taking those risks, it was everyday folks. And so the songs of the civil rights movement teaches that to pre-K to eighth grade through song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in your programming, do you engage the audience at all? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is interactive. You know, black folks can't watch TV without talking back. So <laughs> everything is interactive. And so there are parts where they will sing the chorus. And um, we t- when I tie it together with the narration, I may ask questions. And, and Pam will tell you, it's nothing for me to grab some folks and have them come, on, 
come mm-hmm. up on stage, um, and they feel free to just interject, you know, and just become a part of the experience. Because you know, unlike theater, there's there's not that other wall that separates you, the performer, from the audience. It is um, a a experience that happens in the moment, and everybody's a part of it. Everybody. Great. Well, I want to pursue this more, but first okay. remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests in the studio today are Pam Minocchio, the Director of Community Engagement at the Grand, and local storyteller, musician, and vocalist Tahira. We're talking about the upcoming uh, production uh, performance, Songs of the Civil Rights, at the Baby Grand on January 18th. Tahira, um, you have a, a quite a wide repertoire of songs and mm-hmm. stories. Uh, you work with a wide range of ages. Absolutely. Uh, who is this program targeting? You know, I think we... I actually can create the program based on who shows up because I've been doing it in a mm-hmm. while. And because this particular um, show is geared toward pre-K to grade 8 at the Grand, whoever comes, that's that's yeah. kind of how I... We right? have mostly upper elementary coming to this particular okay. performance. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you have that grades. kind of dialogue. Yeah. It's okay, who's, exactly. who's my audience and right. how do I tailor this program to them? Yeah. Exactly. Now, given that, what are some of the considerations you have uh, given the age range of, of children you're working with? Wow, that's a great question. One of it is that we're talking about some very difficult things when we talk about history, right? We don't want to um, sanitize it. We don't want to romanticize it. So one of the things that's a little difficult is when they're really young and you're talking about people who were hurt, even killed, right, simply because they had a different idea. That's a really heavy subject for really little people. Mm-hmm. But you want them to know the history, right? That's the sort of thing I kind of dance and uh, it's, it's, it's a delicate dance because, you again, you don't want to sanitize it. You don't want to romanticize it. You want to tell the truth. And then you don't want it to be uh, too heavy for the little people. So that's, that, mm-hmm. that's a difficult dance. So do you, do you kind of curate on the spot? Yep. Absolutely. So you so, right there. Okay, I, I have this in my my bag of songs. Yeah, I'm going to pull this song out because yeah. this this seems to be right for the moment. Right. And one of the things I say often, refrain I say as, um, to young people is, this is a difficult story to tell, but it must be told. Mm-hmm. This is a difficult story to tell. It makes us sad even in this moment and it happened a long, long time ago because it must be told because every day we have choices and we have to make decisions about how we treat one another and this history shows us what happens when we make the wrong choices. So this is a difficult story to tell. And so just saying Mm -hmm. that and, and to be honest, sometimes it's the adults in the room that have more of a problem with it than the young people. Like they're taking it like, I believe I make them feel safe mm-hmm. because it, um, I'm engaging. You know, I make them feel safe, and they're with me. It's sort of the adults thinking, "Whoa, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what are we talking about here?" You know, when you agree, yeah, they Pam? get scared. The adults get scared, yeah. but the kids are not scared. Right. The kids yeah. love yeah. it. They yeah. engage and they receive it. Yeah, and they really start to understand. 
And they know that you're being honest with them, you know? They know you're being honest and authentic. And that's the beauty of being able to work with solo artists like this. And and this season, I do have three shows in the Baby Grand with solo artists, and each one of them have the same approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're each able to kind of customize the program based on what age groups are attending. Mm -hmm. Um, And for another example is uh, David Gonzalez, who's another storyteller and Mm -hmm. musician who will be giving a program that's a, a bully prevention program and he has one group coming in of middle schoolers and another group coming in of second and third graders same program but he will be able to kind of carve it out and and adjust his language and adjust the the performance based on who's in the audience that's and perfect. and get them all involved in right. the page. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Um, the other one I mentioned earlier with the science of sound, she's another solo artist who can adjust. You know, most of the the touring children's comp- children's theater companies don't have that flexibility, but um right. But again, we try to pick something for all different age groups so they all get to respond to theater in different ways. Right. And I may have a surprise. I may not be solo. Um, mm. I may ah. be bringing, yeah, a little surprise. I might be bringing <laughs> Lawrence Sweetly, who is who plays uh, saxophone and flute. Um, and some what the children love about that. So he, he'll play uh, soprano sax or alto sax or baritone sax. And it has a, um, we're doing a story in there, each instrument. It, is, is connected to a character. Mm-hmm. And so we, they also make some predictions about which, what he's going to play. And if we have some time at the mm-hmm. end, we always like to introduce the instruments to the students as well. To hear, I'm kind of curious, and, and Pam, you, you sort of triggered this thought in my head about the, 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 the solo artist or you know you with, with a single person. Um, storytelling is kind of a, a, a unique art form. It is, in a way, performance art, but it's also mm-hmm. a... A connecting with the individual. Absolutely. So how do you as a storyteller not only present to the audience, but also mm-hmm. try to make that connection one-on-one so that each child feels like she's talking to me? Right. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. That's one of the, one of the things. This is so, such a simple thing, but the lighting. You know, sometimes in theater and I go in and they got the house like completely dark, like at 10 percent. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I need to see the faces because the only way to make that connection, Paul, is to see their faces. And I do. I scan the room while I'm while I'm performing. So if I do get those concerned and that eyebrows coming together with the adults and, I'm, and I can see they're like, oh, where is she going with this? You know, that I can adjust in that or with a, or with a child. If you see and on the other end of the spectrum, you see a lot of squirming you see a lot of uh, and you're like uh oh it's about to be a bathroom moment with the pre-case <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to adjust for that and redirect their attention but seeing the faces helps me make that connection and to use things like call and response mm-hmm. and to add sing along with this uh, chorus mm-hmm. helps me know whether I got them or not now in addition to this uh, fellow musician you may be bringing mm-hmm. with you do you bring any other accoutrements or paraphernalia or, uh, with you? Well, I do play um, guitar, and sometimes I also, I mean, a student of the drum, and I play the drum, but I, I don't bring any props too much, maybe some mm-hmm. percussion instruments, because with storytelling, unlike with theater, storytelling, you want everything to be... Uh, in their imagination, let them create it, you know. And what's fun about that is sometimes I'll, I'll do a story, have a story 
called The Strange Animal. And I really only give about three or four adjectives of what he looks like. And at the end, I asked them, so what did he look like? And they'll say those three or four things that I mentioned, and then they'll add other things. And then, it, I was, all right, all right, all right then. You know, they'll mm-hmm. add it because to them it comes alive mm-hmm. in their imagination. But if I was to have a prop that said, this is what The Strange Animal looks like, that sort of shuts down imagination right. in a way. right. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm curious. Your repertoire of story stories are they original stories or are some of them stories you've heard and adapted? Well, for this particular show, they're all, all stories from history, songs right. attached to history. But um, some of my performances that I do um, are original stories. Some are things I've heard as a child is passed on. Some are from other storytellers. I mean, my favorite place, and one of the reasons I am a storyteller, this is my shout out, is to the library. I love mm-hmm. the library as a child. Mm-hmm. I still love the library. I actually go and read books, physical books, not Nooks mm-hmm. or Kindles and all mm-hmm. that. And um, that's where I find a lot of resources. Sometimes it's primary um, source history, and I listen to uh, recordings, of the past or with songs or things or read folk, a collection of folk tales and adapt it myself or something in history and I decide, okay, how can I reshape this you know, person's whole legacy into a six-minute story? Okay. We've got about a minute left. Uh, Pam, how about uh, reminding our listeners again where they can find information about Tahira's upcoming uh, performance as well as some of the other uh, performance programs you have coming of up? Of course. I'd be happy to. Um, all of the information for Stages of Discovery can be found on our website, thegrandwilmington.org slash discovery. Uh, like we said earlier, Tahira is performing on January 18th. And um, I'm really happy to say that a lot of our shows are near being sold out. Um, so if any schools or parents are interested in attending, please call or look it up real soon. We've got uh, the phone number is 302 302- Six five eight seven eight nine seven extension thirty two zero one, and um, yeah, we've got some some great shows that uh, are remaining. We've got the Science of Sound on March twenty second um, for the younger kids. Uh, the popular storybook How I Became a Pirate in April. The Ugly Duckling, a classic tale in May, and um, for some older children, we have Treasure Island on March sixth. So just a few things to think about. Really a great range of programming. And you say Stages of Discovery now in its 11th season? 11, 11 years, yes. And just quickly, what's the geographic range of schools and centers oh, that come? Oh, my goodness. We get, we get students all across the state of Delaware, as well as Maryland and Pennsylvania awesome. and New Jersey. They're crossing bridges. They are coming from up to two hours away just really? to see the arts. Wow, yep. I didn't know that. That's great. Amazing yeah. outreach, community outreach, and, and educational opportunities for our students. Pam and Tahira, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be here. Thank you, Paul.